Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Good to be here. This is Kurt Morrison from Maximize Your Influence Podcast 439. Glad that you're here. Hope things are going well. As you know, we take a deep dive in how do you become a better influencer, leader, negotiator, and today be more likable. How do you create that instant connection, that rapport, make more friends? How do you instantly connect with somebody? What's that wow factor? Some people call it charm. I like to call it charisma. Are you magnetic? Are you making that good first impression? Those are the things we'll be talking about today. And it's amazing, especially instantly meeting somebody. A lot of those nonverbals people don't think about that could disconnect. Of course, we want to connect. Remember, it's time to analyze your goals. And as we talked about last time, make sure you're adjusting, not your target, but the way you're getting to the target. Maybe you need a different route. Maybe you need to go to faster. Maybe you need to take side streets. Maybe something's under construction, more time. Maybe you need a little more training on time management, whatever it is. It's okay to adjust, pivot, but you're still going towards that goal, that target, that benchmark, whatever you want to talk about. Speaking of benchmarking, you know every show I do say, hey, choose one thing, a tool a week. But you know, as you go throughout the week and you're at work, you're selling, you're influencing, you're working with your kids, trying to persuade your kids, (laughs) look at others benchmark those that are doing really well. You're like, wow, how did that happen? Whether it's an infomercial or an email or you said yes, benchmark and say, all right, what are they doing well? That's the key to successful anything is to benchmark those that are doing it well. You don't have to do everything they're doing, but take what works for you and add it to your toolbox. Get feedback from others about how you're really doing on your presentations. I mean, obviously, close rate, we can look at the numbers on that one. But get feedback sometimes on phone calls, another set of ears and eyes. In fact, that's a very powerful exercise I've done at leadership influence retreats where we just pair people in groups and say, okay, what is your greatest influence challenge? And they'll go out there and it's a big takeaway. The big aha is that they're too close. (laughs) The second aha is we're all dealing with strange, weird, hard to understand, difficult people. (laughs) And the third thing is you're like, oh, yeah, I, I... Should have saw that, but you know, another set of ears and eyes, that's very important. And of course, make sure you're getting feedback from the right people. If you could get feedback from like, all right, why aren't you buying today? Why didn't you trust me? That's where the magic really starts to happen. So that brings us to our persuasion blunder. Now I was watching this. This was at a big Costco type store. Free samples always intrigue me because a lot of reciprocity. Because I think it's around 75% of people will take the free sample. and About half of those will buy. And it's always been fascinating to me is that becoming more persuasive, less persuasive. And so I was watching it. It was a shake, a weight loss product shake. And the person there was representing the company. And that's where this goes south, gets bad. Because if she was just a hired gun, that's one thing. So it's a weight loss. And this person was talking about, I was doing this, it's doing that. It's a weight loss product. And one of the people watching, intrigued, interested, says, well, what results have you seen? Well, I haven't tried the product yet. (laughs) Like, well, 
okay, how long have you been with the company? It was almost a year. I can't remember the exact amount. I'm like, okay, you just lost everything. You're promoting it. You're recommending it. You're not using it. You're part of the company. You're not a product of the product. We've talked about this. Everyone there just kind of walked away, fizzled away. She's like, what happened? I mean, if you're promoting this, need this, aren't using this, you're part of this company, you have to be a product of the product. If you're in leadership, management, you know, you have, you have to be doing what you're asking other people to do. Your kids, if you're telling them not to smoke, but you smoke, you're telling them to clean their room, but your garage isn't clean, you're telling them to fill in the blank, that's a hard sell a lot of times when you're not doing what you're asking other people to do. That's why you probably hear the saying, you never trust a skinny chef. Have you heard that one before? <laughs> Meaning, uh, look, if they're not eating their own food, something's up. I think that belongs in this category. Or this happened to be oh, a few months back. I was asking this waitress, okay, what do you recommend? What is your favorite thing? She says, oh, I don't eat here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> what do you say to that? And she didn't realize what she had just done. Or those that are in the healthcare that aren't healthy. Now, I'm not talking about everybody in healthcare, but every once in a while you see a few that don't seem too healthy. I don't know if it's because they're pushed so hard and long hours, but that's always been an issue. When a mechanic can't fix their own car, <laughs> or a financial planner that has no money in the bank, or investments, I think we get the picture here. So do what you can. Now, I know there are instances that if you were selling a high-end software to dentists and you're not a dentist and you're not using the software, you can borrow credibility from others, show testimonials, still believe in it and get that belief from the testimonials, even though it might not be appropriate for you to have that software or whatever it is that you're trying to persuade people to do. All right, let's go to our geeky scarly article, which is going to lead into our content to the day is... Jobs that use and need people skills are the most recession-proof, right? We got weird stuff happening in the world. Is a recession happening? What's going on here? So they're just, it's a timely article here. Brought to you by Georgia State University, Dr. Caroline Patrick in the Journal of Regional Science. Basically, jobs with high cognitive and people skill requirements and the cities with lots of those jobs are generally less sensitive to recessions. So they're saying, hey, it's all about the people skills. Kind of interesting. Let's see what they say here. So they're looking at different times when there's an economic downturn. So they looked at the composition, the data, the different recessions. They looked at the metro areas with high levels of cognitive and people skills. Now your cognitions, if you've studied maximum influence and cognitive dissonance, that's one of the laws of persuasion. Your cognitions is your reasoning, your thinking, your rationale, and part of that's your intellect. That's what they're talking about here is kind of the intellect. The people that are using their brain, using their people skills, get through a recession much better, much faster. So they discovered that workers with these skills, the high cognitive skills, thinking skills, and the people skills, experience less unemployment than those with the high motor skills. And I can see that even with most people that get college degrees, most people aren't going to use them when they're in that job interview. It's are they likable? Are they trainable? Do they have a decent IQ, maybe EQ, people skills? That's what they're looking for. And I've seen a lot of companies that says, we hire nice people. We'll train you. <laughs> Just be a nice person. And that's one of the things it comes back to. So people skills were not only less likely to feel the effects of recession, they were more likely to bounce back quickly from one. So the data showed that those with the cognitive and the people skills 
And of course, people skills ability to relate and connect with people had a much easier time, not only during recession, but bouncing back after the recession. So the doctor in the study said, you know, education is important, but that's not enough. It's critical to cultivate people skills and workers with motor skills to help them weather changing economic conditions. So, well, you know, this year here, I've been harping on it for years, trying to get more courses in the universities as far as the people skills, the emotional intelligence, the things we'll be talking about today. It makes a big difference because those are the motor skills. And I don't know if they don't have them. I'm sure some of them do. They don't use them as much. They're not as important to hold down and keep the job. Or you don't need them to perform your daily tasks or probably a little bit of all of the above. So there you go. There's our geeky scholarly article. So let's go to listener email. Oh, boy. And remember, when I use your email on the show, you get the gold access to influenceuniversity.com. And a little housekeeping, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That is where you get all the information, all the updates, join the newsletter, product services, coaching, trainings, speaking, the free Persuasion IQ assessment, and then pick up the new edition of Maximum Influence is all right there. And of course, you can contact me there or go to Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So Olivia from Sweden says, she says, just curious on the state of the handshake and influence after global pandemics. What are the changes, thoughts? I know in the laws of charisma, you talked about the importance of touch. Good question, Olivia. I haven't seen specific studies. I know people are distancing more. They're afraid to get closer to people. Some people don't shake hands anymore. So there is a shift. I don't know what the big shift is. Let's back up pre- pandemic type stuff to where a bad handshake did set you back one hour and build a rapport. I mean, that's a long time. And we've all had those bad handshakes. We're like, oh, you know, too many pumps, too sweaty, too strong, too soft, (laughs) double-handed, the pull you in. There's a lot of different ones there that bother people, but touch is a powerful thing. There's no doubt that clothing sales, touch in appropriate places, sales go up. When someone's touched before an evaluation, the evaluation is better. Waiters and waitresses that touch get in safe places, do get better tips. And so there is a trend there that we need to do. But you need to make sure you have a handshake. It's going to depend on culture too. But I think the biggest issue here is keep shaking hands. Keep touching shoulders, arms if you can. Get some culture so people don't lose your EQ that we talked about last time to read the situation. Are we hugging? Are we touching? I think that's the biggest issue right now. I think we've talked about this a few months ago, is that you go to meet that person for the first time, and then, are we, okay, are we, are we doing the fist bump? Are we doing elbows? Are we shaking hands? Are we hugging? Are we doing nothing? What are we doing here? <laughs> so you see people do the dance, going for a hug, or maybe just shake, you know, it's knuckles, nothing going, shake, knuck, and everyone's doing different things. That's probably the biggest thing I would watch out for, because... Most people that I've seen still want to hug, they want a handshake, they want to touch. I know you could read the situation, sense it when you come up, just you have that quarter of a second to see what they're going to do. And then just mirror it, match it. If they're hugging, let's hug. If we're bumping, let's bump. If we're shaking, let's shake. And make sure it's a good shake. Interlock the fingers, two to three pumps, match their strength, good eye contact. We'll talk about some of these things today. So, yes, it still works. 
few people aren't going to be touching at all. And then there's that confusion state to where, again, we hugging, we doing this. Some people are tapping feet. They're, they come up with all these fun, creative things. But just watch what they're doing in that situation. Or if there was someone going in before you, you can see, did they shake? Did they hug? And then it won't be one of those awkward moments. So Olivia, keep shaking hands. Keep touching. Not the rear end slap, but unsafe places. Again, some cultures. And when there's different genders... And the way people were brought up, some people just don't touch or they're germaphobes. we got to be careful. But for the most part, most people that I've seen are still at least bumping or shaking. When it's done right, there is a connection. And it does open the doors to influence. So there you go, Olivia. Hopefully that answers your question. Everyone can start doing that one. And that gets us into how do you instantly connect with people? I mean, some people you meet, you just connect and you're liking and... Some people we meet, you feel like just you need a shower. Not with them, but because of them, right? You're like, oh, what's the scientific term? Willies, heebie-jeebies, creeper, creeperton, you know, one of those, pick one of those. But let's talk about that approach. When you're talking to someone, you're trying to connect with them, you're trying to influence them, likability is huge. And that first impression, as we know, that cement dries fast. I believe it was last month we talked about things you were doing to repel people. Let's start off with the nonverbals here. And some of these we'll work on video calls too, just to be aware of them. I mean, it's a little different. You're probably sitting down. I know it's a game changer for me when I'm doing a training, standing up, whiteboard, treat it real. I really, I'd rather be sitting down, but I do a better job. I'm more engaging and more charismatic when I'm standing up. There's more gestures. It's different. My office chair is a recliner. It's a lazy boy. It's very comfortable sitting in it right now. So that would be easier but it's not as effective. So let's talk about just the approach. You approach them. You don't have to go straight out. Approach them maybe at a slide angle. Just average speed. Don't be walking too fast. Adam, they might feel attacked. You know, acknowledge them just with a little nod. I know guys do this all the time. A nod up to a friend, a nod down to show, hey, respect if you don't know somebody. I don't know if you've noticed that before, but it might be a nod, good eye contact, just the approach. Even the location, Choose wisely the location you're going to meet. If you need a little hand up, your office. If you want them to feel a little more confident, their office. Neutral, break room, Zoom. If you need a little something, something, maybe go out for food. A little restaurant can always help. Then you're talking to them, right? Let's say this one's face-to-face. We're talking to them. Your feet. We're going to start from the bottom of the body and move up. Your feet. Are your feet, your toes pointed towards them? Now, on the flip side, you can use this too when people are done with you. If their feet aren't pointed towards you, you know they're done with you. You haven't connected. But you need to start the process. Get your feet pointed towards you, your toes pointed towards them. That's the very first thing. And then your waist. Make sure your waist is squared up, your shoulders are squared up, your chest is squared up, so the middle of your body is squared up, with, especially shoulders. So a lot of times we'll turn our shoulders away. That's another one that uh, you've repelled somebody. They're done with you, especially when their feet and their shoulders aren't pointing towards you. Done and done. Move on. Find somebody else or you better crank up your charm. Now, as we talk about the middle of our body, let's talk about our arms, our gestures. Now, we all know not to fold our arms, but many of you are doing the fig leaf, which it's not very confident. You can get away with that, but you're just kind of covering yourself up. You're not looking too comfortable. You're putting a barrier between them. So use gestures. Just come back to neutral or to your side. You don't have to fold your arms or or hold a fig leaf in front of you. You don't need to do that. But good open gestures. I see a lot of people, especially when I 
train people that are doing persuasive presentation, public speaking, they come back to a fist. So they gesture and come back to a fist. Not a very good thing. In fact, it's interesting, the more you can show your palms, the more connection you're going to have. The brain's just different. Look at the top of your hands and then look at your palms. I mean, it's a different feeling. Palms open. Because think about the handshake where that came from was medieval times. I'm showing you under my cloak, I have no sword. I'm your friend. I'm here. So I'm showing you by opening my cloak that I have no sword. That's where the handshake originated. To show people, look, no, I'm friendly. No harm intended. Then, of course, there's our head. That's the one we look at the most. Pretty simple. Smile. You have one. Use it. It increases sales by 20%. It helps customer service. Studies do show it makes you more memorable. So just a smile. Again, various culture, person, situation. As you know, I have RBF. Look it up if you don't know what it is. Especially not when I introduce myself and I'm talking to someone. I can smile. It's just when I'm listening intently I could go to the RBF mode. Be careful that that is one that I am working on. Another one too is the nod, just the up and down, the yes. Not only do people talk, I think there was like 67% longer, which is good. Well, which is usually good. If you're done with them and you want to move on, I wouldn't start nodding. But if you want to maintain the relationship, get the yeses, get them to mirror you back. Then you know you have opened the doors to influence. So subtle up and down nod can work very, very well. It shows them that you're listening, shows them that you're engaged. That's a big part of that. And then another one too can just be your stance. Now, when you're first meeting someone, especially male to male, standing on a slight angle, you still want to be squared up with them, but a slight angle can be less confrontational. Sitting in a restaurant, slight angle can be less confrontational and slowly squared up once that connection has been made. Even when you lean forward and you're standing up, just a bit of it lean forward, subconsciously it tells people that, that you are interested in them, that you like them, that you want to hear more. Just a subtle thing that you can add to your toolbox. Again, we're talking first impressions here. Those first couple of minutes, I mean, you can use a lot of these nonverbals all the way throughout the conversation when you're talking to them. But remember that up to 95% of influence involves that subconscious triggers. It feels right. I like them. I don't like them. I trust them. I don't trust them. It has to do with a lot of these things that I just talked about. And we need to talk about this. This is a law of connectivity. That's your appearance. They judge that too. Your clothing. Some people look at shoes. Some people look at watches. Some people look at accessories. Some people look at hair. Some people look at teeth. Now, clothing, you've heard it before. If you want to get promoted up, start wearing what they're wearing up. So your clothing does matter. Your appearance does matter. Even height. You know, Most CEOs are taller than average. There is something about height and appearance, some things we can fix, some things we can't, but do the best you can there. Fix the things that you can fix. People judge on, on weight. They judge on appearance. They do. Is it fair? No. Is it reality? Yes. It's how it is. In the judicial system, uglier convicts get longer prison sentences. <laughs> That's just how it is. So your appearance, your attraction, be aware they are judging on first impressions from height to weight, to clothing, to accessories, that's part of it to your physical appearance. Not drop dead gorgeous handsome that can intimidate people, but just look as good as you can. Part of that's walking in a room more confident. How you're looking, dressing the part is all part of those first impressions. That's a real thing that happens.
So there you have it. That's how you instantly connect with people. That's what you need to understand. Again, mostly nonverbal subconscious triggers, things to be aware of. You're so concerned about what to say next to vomit on them, to track them down that you aren't doing some of these basic things to help you feel more comfortable, which again, opens the doors to influence. So take a few of those, at least one, apply it, use it, watch how well it works. Be more observant in the persuasion process. Adjust what you need to. Everyone's a little bit different here, but these things are universal around the world. We adjust to personality and culture, of course, but use those. It'll make a huge difference in your success and your influence. Remember, I'm continuing the special on your presentation IQ. Go to presentationiq.com, spend a few minutes, 10 questions. See where you rate the world of persuasion and influence. Are you just data dumping? Are people changing their minds? Are they jumping on board? It's all about the structure and the format. You can convince with charisma. So basically, you take that assessment, help me out the research. We're going to understand your strengths and things you need to work on. Then I'm going to give you the video training on how to create that perfect persuasive presentation. Win, win, win all the way around. Check it out, presentationiq.com. Don't just present, learn how to persuade. All right, there you have it. Be more influential, be a better negotiator, work on your mindset, work on your IQ, learn to instantly connect with people and go out and persuade with power. 